Welcome back to the uh, Super Syntex podcast, uh, where we talk Central Texas high school football here in the uh, second round of the playoffs. Uh, with me, as always, are DJ Ramirez and Chad Conine. How are y'all doing? Doing all Good. right. I got a scoop for you today. You ready? I'm listening. Uh, it's, com- it's coming later on when we talk about uh, the-, the games this week. Okay. I've got a scoop, but... Hang on. You got to wait on it. Build the anticipation, you know. All right. Well, we'll get to it, I guess. Uh, So, guys, the first week of the playoffs gave us plenty to talk about. So before we break down uh, the area round matchups, let's go back to the by district round a little bit and review some of the uh, most compelling developments of that round. So I want to get your take on which of these outcomes was the most surprising which sort of jumped off the page to you guys uh so fourth seeding fourth seeded Riesel beat a nine and one Cayuga team in by district obviously a, a district champ in Cayuga uh fourth seeded Hamilton a team we haven't really talked at all about on the podcast this this year and I mean, I don't think we could have really seen them winning coming. They beat a district champ in uh, Tioga. And then, um, obviously, on the other end of the spectrum, you have Lorena going out in round one. Obviously, that's a defending state champ. So, what surprised you? Uh, Go ahead, DJ. I think that Riesel game, I guess, is just – uh, because they were the fourth seed, because Cayuga is the district champ, you obviously didn't expect it, but that doesn't mean it's really surprising because mm. Riesel was kind of on the, you know, going up at the end of their district round, um, play. So, I mean, I think they're scrappy and um, it's not surprising. It's just something that because of the numbers, you you wouldn't really think it would have happened, but I don't. And then you know Lorena going out round one is disappointing, but it was a close game. Mm. Um, and I think just all season they've been on the edge of like doing something, something's really well, and then making mistakes in other places they don't usually make mistakes in. And um, but I mean it's good for their basketball team now they got all their guys on the court. So yeah. Yeah, you know, Matt Jackson, uh, he would never say, uh, hey, I want the football team to lose. Obviously, last year he he always said, hey, we want those guys to go as far as as they can. That said, as you said, (laughs) he's certainly going to benefit from having some of those guys around. Chad, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with DJ on the Cayuga uh, racial result. Mostly because, I mean, you know, Cayuga had only given up 12 points, uh, you know, even going back 19 points since the beginning of October. And, uh, you know, had been pounding some pretty good teams, beat Italy 28 to zero. There really wasn't any any indication. Um, you know, Cayuga isn't one of these perennial playoff, you know, bulldozers right they've kind of they, they were kind of a bit of, of a surprise in that district but it there was nothing to indicate that you know that they were going to be a first place team and then one and done in the playoffs on the other hand 
Riesel, you know, went to the third of the playoffs before they got beat by Franklin last year, I think, mm-hmm. um, in, in 3A D2. And so it's not like, I mean, this is like not like it's anything new to them. If anything, it speaks to how good probably um, Crawford and Marlin and Rosebud Lott were in that district. Um, if you know, I, I, I think Axel's result is, is a pretty, a pretty good one, uh, to have beaten Rosebud lot, their first playoff win in a decade. Mm-hmm. It came back from 13 points down to win that game, 28 to 27, um, had to make four extra points, which is no easy task for a two AD one. Kicker. You know, in a game. Yeah. It's just that. sort of like roulette, whether you have that kind of kicker or not at that level. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's a big win. Uh, Hamilton, you know, I kind of always feel like Hamilton plays football in an undisclosed location for us because it's, they're always so secretive. I think I've had them in our preview section every year since like 1987, you know, and never can get a hold of a coach out there. So <laughs> I've been to Hamilton. We have actually gone out there before, uh, but you're right. They are. Uh, Much like Fairfield, the other direction, they're kind of in this no man's land in terms Mm -hmm. of uh, coverage. Yeah, I think we we are probably the only, you know, media outlet uh, that covers them. Um, If they were 10 miles closer to us or 10 miles closer to Brownwood or Abilene, they'd probably get a heck of a lot more coverage. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Back to uh, Riesel for a second. I think uh, you both made some good points. Um, you know, when you, when you see a four seed jump up and beat a one seed, I think sometimes that does speak to the quality of the district that you're coming out of, uh, because, you know, as you said, Chad, when you've played Crawford, when you've played Marlin, when you've played those kind of teams, when you're, when you were a three, a playoff team a year ago, Riesel's not going to be intimidated by Cayuga. Uh, no. I mean, so, yeah, as DJ said, it's surprising, but it's not. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. we can we can get on board with it. Um, and honestly, same thing for Lorena. Obviously, Lorena lost to a higher-ranked team. So, you know, on paper, that is not surprising at all. That said, all three of us picked Lorena, and I think it was because we thought, hey, you know, they've played – China Spring, they've played Franklin. They're not going to be intimidated by Columbus, and they weren't. It just came down to, you know, Columbus making a, a few plays at the end, I guess. Well, and and honestly, Lorena spotted them a half. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they were down 7-0 at halftime, and Lorena did very little. Um, of course, we all know what the weather was like Friday night. Um, <laughs> it, it, it might have been hard to go out and get your engine going early enough, and, and and Lorena had a lot of young kids on, especially on the O line, and a lot of its, you know, a lot of its stars were underclassmen. So they're probably a year away from from being as good as they were last year. Yeah. So far less surprising were the performances turned in by Crawford, Mart, and China Spring. <clears throat> Excuse me. So which of those teams or which of our area teams turned in the most impressive by district win? Go ahead, DJ. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't. I, I always kind of like Crawford just because they always take care of business. Um, I think you kind of at this point expect China Spring to be good. I think we're getting to the point of the season where games are going to get tougher for them. Um, and I mean, Mart is Mart. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I was out at the Marlin game against Revista and West and that was a little bit, I felt like lackluster. Like it wasn't that it wasn't exciting, but it was a little sloppy, especially at the beginning. I thought Rio Vista put up a really good fight defensively, despite, you know, not being able to get it going on offense. Um, and Marlin just was not kicking the ball. They refused to kick the ball. <laughs> and I think it started out because like one of their very first uh, punts, was like a pooch kick, like it rolled maybe three yards and basically gave Rio Vista their only score of the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really tell you that I know much of what was happening outside of the two games that I covered, <laughs> but I always kind of really like how Crawford comes out and takes care of business. You don't really hear about too much nonsense from them. So, yeah. Yeah, they're consistent. They're as consistent as the sunrise out in Crawford. <laughs> How about you, Jeb? Well, you know, you look at all three of those scores, and, and it's like all three of them are saying, okay, what else you got, you know? Um, and so I think that uh, an interesting question with, with those three is, which is most likely to get to the state championship game? Because I think all three of them have a really good shot to do that. Um. I want to say Crawford uh, might play in the best region of the bunch, although China Spring has Stephenville in theirs. Um, and, and Mart, I feel like Mart has like a little bit of a mental block now because they haven't gotten where they wanted to get in two years. And, and, and then I think, gosh, I think China Spring is just looking like a machine this year. They put up and, 72. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. And and probably could have been worse than that. Um, it was way over by halftime. Obviously, Marts and Crawford's were too, but well, I don't want to like, you know, go position by position with China Spring. But and, and I know that there's, you know, a, a lot of nuance within this kind of comparison. But China Spring somehow had the player of the year in their classification. In no, Texas, the player of the year, player of the year, the Texas, Texas football, football player of the year. Yeah. Player of the year. Yeah. And somehow I think maybe got better at quarterback this year. That's ridiculous to think about. And yeah. and like I said, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges because major was the key to their offense as a runner and, and cash McCollum as a passer. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, they're off and running for sure. All three of those. I'm going to give you, Guys, an impressive win to me for a different kind of way. <clears throat> Obviously, with Crawford, with Mart, with China Spring, we were talking about, um, and Chilton is another one we could throw in there. We're talking about blowout wins, going out, taking care of business, doing what they're supposed to do, just rolling over a by-district opponent. But West kind of found itself – in a little bit of a dogfight against Mejia, 
a Matea team that we talked a lot about this year who challenged itself in non-district play against some really good 4A teams, uh, including, uh, what, Conley? And did they play China Spring, too, I think? Mm -hmm. So Mejia goes in, gives West a battle. And, I mean, they were right in that game. But West, you know, even though it wasn't a blowout or anything, I mean, it was 21 to nothing, they just they grinded it out. And uh, defensively, obviously a huge game for, for the Trojans. So to me, those are the kind of games, even though it wasn't like a lopsided game, I think you can take a lot out of those. And when you find yourself in the next close game down the road, you know, you you draw from that a little bit. So I, I don't know. I like I like that win for West. Yeah, I think West has probably had one of the most like gritty defenses mm. out of the out of three A for sure. And just like this season, their defense can do almost anything. And I think that's one of my the things that impresses me most about that team is like they're very solid in that part and that allows their offense to go do whatever they need to do, even if they're not the most, you know, putting up numbers, putting up, you know, big scores, but they can put up big scores as we saw with that May Pearl game and how they played um, against uh, Grandview as well. But, you know, I, I'm not really surprised that they were able to make it out of that Mejia game. I'm actually more impressed by Mejia because Mejia was able to put up, you know, do what they were able to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, we know the cliches about defense, but uh, besides defense wins championships, defense travels is one you hear a lot. And in the playoffs, man, if your defense is consistent, as DJ said, that can get you through a game where your offense is maybe not clicking on all cylinders. So. No doubt, no doubt. Mm. Uh, let's talk about university. Um, so the Trojans not only went into the playoffs uh, last week, but they picked up a big win over Austin McCallum um, on the road, no less. That was a true road game as Austin McCallum was playing at home. So obviously the Trojans have shown some really big play capability, a lot of explosiveness uh, throughout this season, um, but they get a really tough Fort Bend Marshall team, uh, and Fort Bend Marshall is one of those programs that has consistently been in the playoffs here in round two. So is this where the storybook season for university ends? Go ahead, DJ. Oof. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say – Yes, because they've been able to pull off surprises this year. But that doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, easy. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. If, I, if they do lose this week, I'd still say that it's a, it's been a pretty good season for them. So it wouldn't be, you know, that tough of a, obviously be a tough loss because they'd want to win but um you know the fact that they made it this far when nobody really counted them in I think is is a pretty um says a lot about them and so 
I mean, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical about them making it past this game, but that doesn't mean I don't think they can't do it. Right. Yeah. You're giving them a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance. (laughs) So, Chad, what do you say? You know, I think uh, a few weeks ago, Bryce, we were talking about, or maybe it was on this uh, podcast we were talking about, um, you know, the the Texas Sports Writers Association All-State team, the coach of the year tends to go to one of the, the state championship game combatants. And I said, look, if university wins a game and they don't give it to Ken Laster, Kent last year at university, then they're doing it wrong, right? Because I'd like I'd like you to show me a better turnaround in the state from going zero and ten last year to winning a playoff game this year, and that's not even counting the fact that you know I think four of their losses were by a combined like six points or something mm. like that. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, you watch university like against Belton two weeks ago. And it's very apparent to me where they take the next step because they're still not playing a super clean game in a lot of ways. And like, um, it's just sort of that, like they were playing for a district championship and they were, they were close to winning that district championship, but you can see where they didn't win that. I mean, they didn't win that game because there's just too much. That's still a little bit ragged now. If, and if they can tighten that up, you know, they get back to being the university of the nineties. I feel like. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not making any like at recruiting accusations or anything like that, but inside in, inside info, look for them to maybe get an interesting transfer <coughs> to here. This, this, uh, this, this before next school year starts, I think. Okay. Um, so you're saying that is your scoop? Well, no, that's not my scoop. Um, because I don't know anything for certain, but I mean, like they got a guy like Najee Drake's making plays for him this year. Right. And I just feel like university's in a good spot where guys could come over there without it getting flagged by, by places, you know, now, um, and maybe I'm going off the rails a little bit here, but I think it might, I mean, but they're an up and coming program, you know? No, I mean, they can't. They can't get in trouble for anything I say, you know. So why not say it? <laughs> well, uh, when when the district executive committee flags them, they're going to say, "We heard from Chad Conine." <laughs> and in response, we can say Chad Conine is not technically yeah. not a, he, working for we us. Don't, we I'm don't. We don't affiliate uh, with University High School. We don't claim Chad. Right. <laughs> okay, so uh, but you want to hear what my scoop is, though? Is it university related? Because I had a few university. No, no, no go ahead. Then related thoughts. In a second, yeah. Uh, here's what I would say. I agree with you guys. Um, I think this is a tough game for for the Trojans. I think Fortman Marshall's the pick, but um, one making the playoffs that was the biggest thing for university this year. Everything else beyond that is gravy. Okay. The fact that they got to play for a district championship, even though they didn't win it, the fact that they have now won a playoff game. These are all things you can build on for next year. And you have a lot of guys still coming back. 
got quarterback coming back. You got London Smith coming back. Obviously, Makai Sandoff will be gone. But uh, so, yeah, as Chad said, there's things they still have to improve upon. But, you know, to to go into the offseason with that kind of momentum of like, oh, dude, you know, we we went toe to toe with a 10 and one Fort Bend Marshall team. And here's where we messed up. And and here's where we got to get better. And, and I'm sure they're not taking the attitude of everything is gravy. But I mean, if you're a university, obviously it's all gravy right now, you know, because you haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. So you're uh, you're betting with house money is basically what you do. <laughs> uh, you are above the above the fold. Um, so. What what is your scoop there, Chad? Okay, so looking at the other games we got this week, and I'll introduce some of those, Bryce, if you don't mm-hmm, mind. Sure. Uh, two from the same dish. When we talked, already talked a little bit about Marlon and Crawford. I'm really excited about the two games I'm covering this week. In fact, I think I even texted you Saturday, Bryce, like give me these two games, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Marlon versus Toller on Thursday night in Crowley. Uh, by the time this this podcast makes it to the web, it might be just hours away, right? Sure. Uh, and then on Friday night, uh, Crawford versus Coleman in um, Weatherford. And that's a state rank matchup as Coleman is at number 10 in the state rankings. They finished second to Toller in that district. So those two districts are going up against each other. So I'm doing research this morning for my preview capsule little run in Thursday's paper. And I talked to Ruben Torres and I look at uh, – I look at um, Toller's stats and everything. And uh, then my mom, my mom had knee replacement surgery last week. And so she's doing rehab this week. So she texts me and she said, she said, my uh, PT's son is the quarterback at Toller. And uh, she gave me his name. And of course, I've seen his name. I think I put the running backs. Uh, I think their running back is their big star on offense. The sophomore kid named... Um, named Peyton Brown. Uh, anyway, um, here's the big scoop. Uh, the big scoop is according to the quarterback's dad, and I haven't, I haven't, uh, uh, or maybe it's his mom. She just said her son. It's like, it's like with that riddle, you know? Oh, I can't yes. offer from this Doctor, boy. riddle, yeah. Uh-huh. No. Anyway, according to that person, Toller thinks they're going to win. Okay. What doesn't every this team is not a scoop at all? Right? I mean, doesn't every team think they're going to win? Exactly. Well, they 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 feel good about their chances to win. So that that's the big scoop. Well, we'll see if Marlin can do a little rattlesnake roundup there. Uh, but that does lead me to my question. You answered it a little bit, Chad. Uh, but I'll pose it to DJ here, and you can chime in as well. Just out of these second round games, which do you guys think kind of jump out as the, you know, the most exciting, the most, in, you know, enticing matchups? Uh, well, I'm going out to Forney to do West versus Mount Vernon, which I feel is going to be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Mount Vernon's 9 2, West is 10 1. Um, that, that seems like it'll be pretty exciting. Uh, Whitney versus Pottsboro is also pretty interesting, at least to me. When I saw Whitney play last week, I thought they were really good, um, especially against Teague, who had 
you know, was also kind of coming off with a little bit of momentum in their district. And I think they just, you know, had some mistakes that they need to clean up. Um, a lot of, you know, small things that they usually executed on, but I thought Whitney did pretty well. So that game is, is pretty interesting as well. Uh, I guess Axel and Hamilton, which we know we were talking about earlier, seems like a good matchup, especially Axel coming off the momentum of beating Rosebud Lot. And yeah. Yeah, no, I like those. And let me just chime in on West Mount Vernon. So it feels like this is about four years in a row where West and Mountain Mount Vernon have met in the playoffs. Uh maybe that's exactly it might be three. I, mm-hmm. I, I was about to say it feels like exaggeration on my part, but at, le- at least three. It's been at mm-hmm. least three. I know that. And it dates back to when Art Bryles was coaching Mount Vernon for that little stretch there. Um, and, it, it, you know, it seemed like for a little while Mount Vernon had uh, West's number. Now, did West turn the tables last year, Chad? Do you remember? We'll have I believe that's right. I yeah, believe I believe right. I believe they did. I've got it at my fingertips. If you'll just vamp for a minute, that's fine. So I agree. I think that's a it's it's a familiar playoff matchup. These teams seem to go at each at each at it each year. So I like that one. Uh, I agree with you on Axel Hamilton. Here is. Here are, you know, whoever wins the Axel Hamilton game, that that's a team that we would not have expected to see in the third round of the playoffs at the start of the year. Um, you know, as Chad said, Axel making its, uh, well, it was the first playoff trip since 2019, but first playoff win in a decade. Since 2012. Yeah. yeah. So big time stuff for the Longhorns. And, you know, Coach Craig Horn, first-year head coach there at Axtell. What were uh, you going to say, so, Jim? Uh, Mount Burnham got him last year, too, 24-13 in the regional final. Yes, because we were we were hoping to see a Lorena West state championship game, remember? Right, right. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Mount Vernon ended that dream for us. So, I'm sure now, that – I'm sure that West – would like nothing more than to get a little payback on, on the Mount Vernonites. Yeah, and it, it, I think it's there for the taking for him this time around. But um, you know the interesting thing, and I think Axel will beat Hamilton. Uh, and then and then as payoff for that, they get the Toller Marlin winner. So that's when the mountain really gets steep for uh, Axel. And whoever, I mean, Hamilton, same way. I mean, Hamilton, I believe, finished either third or fourth. Was that a fourth place over first place win? For Hamilton, yes. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton over Tioga or yeah. however you say that. So what that, that means, in that, okay, so Axel finished second in their district. So that's a second-fourth matchup Yeah, in, in that game. But um, it, it would be great. It would be uh, a lot of fun to see Axel Marlin next week. It would. I'm sure that would be somewhere like Waco ISD or mm-hmm. Midway or something like that. So that would be great for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those those are some good ones. I will also just throw in real quickly uh, one of the two in the entire state 
undefeated versus undefeated matchups this week is Abbott and Union Hill in the mm-hmm. six in the six man playoffs, one A Division One. That should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I always like it when you start getting you know eleven and zero versus eleven and zero. Those are those are great games. And then um, one other six man game I will mention. I I don't know if Live Oak will win this week. Uh, Live Oak's another team we haven't really talked a lot about on the podcast this year. They're not having a vintage Live Oak season. They've obviously got a lot of taps, six man, you know, state championships under their belt. I say taps. They also won some in TCAF or whatever before they went into taps. But uh, but Bryce Helton and that Live Oak team, they know how to win in the playoffs. And even though they're going up against an eleven and zero, I think uh, what is it, Pasadena First Baptist or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that team is undefeated, I would never count Live Oak out. Um, and one little shout out. Uh, I coached one of the kids at Live Oak back in youth basketball when he was about this tall. Mm. Um, Aubrey Sharp, he's one of the best six-man players in our area, having a great year. He's got a bunch of receiving yards, a bunch of rushing yards, interceptions. He's he's probably Live Oak's best player. And um, several of those Live Oak players were uh, with me on Sunday as my church hosts this annual flag football tournament for the youth group uh, at McLean Stadium. We've been doing it for like 30-something years, uh, the Turkey Bowl. And Aubrey and some of the other Live Oak players were out there and I, all I was thinking was, man, I hope the, none of these kids get hurt. <laughs> they've got a, <laughs> they've got a real game next weekend, you know. But th- fortunately, none of them did get hurt, so that's good. But anyway, players uh, good play, stuff. Man. So, so yep. what, what were you gonna say, Chad? I just said players are gonna go play no matter what, you know. Yeah, like, they how many kids. of our area kids do you think are like out playing pickup basketball on the weekends? You know? I bet. I bet there's some for sure. Probably make those coaches cringe out there, you know. Yeah. As long as they don't like have a four-wheeler accident or anything like that, you know, that would be <laughs> uh we're really off the rails now. Chad, you mentioned you will be at tell me the games again. Toller versus Marlin on Thursday in Crowley and Crawford versus Coleman on Friday in Weatherford. And DJ, uh, if the Blum Lady Cats win today in volleyball, we'll be covering a little volleyball tomorrow. But Friday night, you will be at... Orny covering West versus Mount Vernon. Yeah, should be getting good. on a plane the next morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanksgiving well, coming up. So yeah. <laughs> uh, every time yeah. you say Crowley, I always get it confused with Crowley, Louisiana, and I forget that I'm not in Crowley, Louisiana anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drive to Crowley, Louisiana. That would be a little off the beaten path. So no, that'd be like a seven-hour drive. So yeah. all right. Well, y'all enjoy the games. Thanks for hopping on with us. Sweet. See ya.